Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the most important thing that I believe that has happened in human history, um, is that Jesus died on a cross and that he was resurrected. Uh, we, we, we make church about a lot of different things. We can make church about, uh, well, I'm right and other people are wrong. We can make church about, well, we're all wrong and we must have this awesome God to save us. And that's a great way to start. But if, 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 if our church isn't surrounded by the cross, or if our church doesn't surround the cross, if our church doesn't, um, in everything we do, at least show that we believe that Jesus died on a cross and was raised, then we're missing it, right? I mean, we're missing, we're meeting for nothing. Tonight, uh, there, there actually won't be a whole lot of small groups tonight. A lot of them met, or two of them met this morning. Two of them will meet for lunch in the NPR. So this has just been food central here um, which is fine with me. You get here early enough, there's donuts. That's a plus. But the reason we meet for small groups, or the reason uh, we're, some of us are going over to Idabel, um for Harding Night over there. The Good News Singers from Harding, it's an acapella group. They're fantastic. Uh, they'll be there. Um, this all starts at 5, so we'll have to leave here at 3.30. Um, the van here for the teenagers will be leaving at 3.30. You hear that? Leaving at 3.30. So if you look at your phone and like a nitwit see that it's 3.20 and think, oh, I got 10 minutes, you don't have 10 minutes. You should have been there two minutes ago. So if you get here at 3.15, that's a good time. But I will put that little orange stick to D, and the wheels on the bus will go round and round at 3.30. But the reason we get together and meet and have, uh, and, and go to Idabel, to some other, to, we go to Oklahoma. The reason we do that, the reason we do all the things that we do, is because Jesus died on a cross. And then he was resurrected. There is no greater reason than that. And so when we meet, when we gather together, when we worship God, when we sing, when we pray, when we take communion, when we preach, when we study our Bibles, we do this because Jesus died on a cross and three days later was resurrected. And it's on that cross that we find Jesus at his lowest point. The most difficult hour, the hours of his life, were on a cross. And if you died on a cross, those would be the most difficult hours of your life, too. I'm not going to go into the medical side of a crucifixion. Uh, If you want to get into that Lee Strobel in his book, A Case for Christ, has a great chapter on that. It's pretty tough to read, but it is a very informative, interesting chapter. Lee Strobel, I think it's The Case for Christ. Um, And so he, but Jesus had a very difficult time. Now, a couple things to know medically uh, when dealing with what Jesus says on the cross. 
For uh, the, the reason a cross is a, a, a death sentence is because of uh, asphyxiation. The way you're hanging, you can't breathe out. Uh, you can't release the carbon dioxide from your lungs. So um, for him to ha- say anything at all, he has to pull on the nails that are in his wrists and push on the nails that are in his feet to, to, have, to be able to release the air that's in his lungs. He can take it in just fine. It's not being able to let it out is the problem. So for him to say something, you've got to really want to say something. Now, early on in a crucifixion, you might can handle it. But as it goes on, saying things is very, very difficult. So if, you're, if you, you don't just make chit-chat on a cross, right? You, you've, got to, you've got to mean it to say it. The first thing Jesus says is is kind of, it takes me aback. Especially as someone who, when someone else is driving just the speed limit, I have to watch my reaction. Now, I might be the only one. I don't feel like I am. But I might be the only one who pulls up behind someone going 55 on the dot and think, I'm not going to tell you who a husband just pointed at his wife. I'm just letting you know what I see up here. Um, there, you know, you pull up behind someone going just the same. Just, they're doing what the law tells them to do. And you say, well, I, they're impeding my progress. I've got to get to Brookshire's and get strawberries. You know, I've got to do something. I said, it, I said it wrong on purpose. That's funny just to me, okay? So I got I to gotta go take care of just useless, useless things. And yet I'm in a hurry. And so when people wrong me, it's hard for me to get over it at times. Now, when Jesus is on a cross, I can imagine that's probably worse. A worse Wrong. When someone puts you on a cross is the worst thing someone can do to you. And Jesus, betrayed by his own people, being treated as a, a, as a leader of a revolt by the Roman government, is put on a cross to die. And this is what it says, he says. It says, two other men... Both criminals were also led out with him to be executed. This is Luke 23, for those of you who don't see that. Um, When they came to the place called the Skull, or Golgotha, they crucified him there, along with the criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, pushes up on 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 the feet, pulls on his hands, and gets the breath to say, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. So Jesus has this moment on the cross where it is happening. They are nailing his feet to the cross. They've nailed his hands to the cross. They have put him in the ground or nailed the... The way it works is um, they've already got the, 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 
main post of the cross put in. And what Jesus probably carried to um, Golgotha was what they call the patibulum. You can forget that word immediately if you want to. I'm just letting you know. It's the patibulum. It's the, it's the beam, the horizontal beam of the cross, which is quite heavy, especially if you've been whipped with a cat of nine tails for quite a while. Um, so he's carrying that to the cross, and once they get there, they put his wrists on it and then put him on with the patibulum onto the cross, onto the um, vertical beam, and then they would um, get his feet um, to the cross. All right, there we go. Um, it is gruesome, but it is what happened. I believe it actually happened, and I believe that on the cross, Jesus actually forgave the people that were crucifying him, crucifying him. I remember my first um, uh, foray into a young adult class. When you come home from college and you realize that the teenagers are concerned about things that are different from you and you think, you know what, I'm a young adult. Three weeks ago I was a teenager, but today I'm a young adult. And I went into the young adult class, which apparently was all sorts of ages. Um, Young adults and adults who are really wrestling with the fact that they weren't young anymore. But it was a... um, I remember this discussion quite well. Discussion was, do we have to forgive other people if they haven't asked for it yet? Do we have to forgive other people if they haven't asked for it yet? Now, this might, I think this is a common discussion maybe in this, these parts, but it's ludicrous. It's absurd to even have such a discussion. The answer is yes, of course. You have to forgive people if they haven't asked for it yet. Stop looking for excuses out of what God has commanded us to do and out of what Jesus has done himself. Yes, you have to, yes, yes, just always forgive people. That's it, always forgive people. And they say, well, but you know, we have to ask God for forgiveness. You didn't have to ask him to send his son. He just did it. And when Jesus was on the cross, he just forgave people. Those people didn't ask for his... And then people will say, well, you know, he asked God to forgive them. He didn't necessarily forgive them. Oh, well, that's standing, that's standing over the text more than you stand under it. That's nonsense. Quit trying to justify your lack of forgiveness by some loophole in the Bible. Jesus on the cross forgave the people who were crucifying him. Now here's something interesting to me. Who was crucifying him? Well, we got we got two two groups, right? We've got Roman soldiers who are just doing their job. And we've got um, Jewish leaders. Not the people, not Jewish the people that um, Luke won't go so far to say that they're the ones doing it, but he will say that the chief priests were there 
And he will say that the Romans were there. So Jews and Gentiles are forgiven from the cross. Here's the trick with all this. He was specifically talking about the people there. But Luke records this to let us know that he's talking about more than just the people there. That on the cross, something happened to you. On the cross, something changed in you. And if Jesus can do that from the cross, shouldn't we do that from the comfort of our own lives? I think the key to becoming a better forgiver, which is hard. Um, you know, you know when you go to the doctor, you're always nervous to go to the doctor because the doctor can say, especially just like your family practitioner, he can say anything about you at all and get away with it. He can comment on your weight, on that weird mole on your neck. He can comment like everything. He can say anything to you. And so there's this nervousness of going to the doctor because what's he going to say? I'm going to leave with my self-esteem here. Because it feels like doctors can just say anything to you. That's what it's like being a preacher all the time. Um, anyone can say anything to you. One of my favorite stories about this is a, uh, I heard a man one time say that people, he, bought, he had bought a new car and people started like noticing. And they said, they said, hmm, someone actually said, complimented him on the car, but it was the tone. Oh, nice new car, pastor. And his response was, yeah, my donkey broke. But there's this, you know, I don't, I don't like your hair like that. I remember, I remember one time I, um, every week I, I, um, I say, I say grow my beard out, but that's, that's an understatement. Uh, I shave once a week on Saturday night or Sunday morning because, um, two reasons. Rachel likes it like that. Like Rachel likes it a little scruffy. And so I do what she likes, not what you likes. And, and two if I go somewhere with the youth on, um, on the weekends, I would like to have something that sets me apart from them facially. <laughs> and so that helps. Well, one time I had, for, I had been somewhere Sunday and I hadn't shaved. I think we were on vacation. I hadn't shaved. And I got back to church on Wednesday. This wasn't here. And, I, um, and, and a woman came up to me and said, Oh, you haven't shaved. I said, no, I haven't. She goes, has Rachel seen it? (laughs) What are you trying? Of course she's seen it. I don't know if you know how marriage works, but we live together. But there, there's this sort of this understanding that, well, I can, I can, if I go to that church enough, I can tell that preacher whatever. And for preachers, um, one of the tricks, and I'll tell, I tell younger preachers this, 
One of the tricks is you've got to just forgive people for their ignorances. You just got to forgive people for, for saying ridiculous things because people are going to say ridiculous things to you. And one of the, re- the best way to become a good forgiver is to realize how much forgiveness you needed. Not just from Jesus, yes, from God and Jesus. Absolutely you need forgiveness and that's, that's just this huge debt that we can never repay. But also, I have to think about all the times I've said something dumb and needed to be forgiven by other people. And I didn't even notice it, I just said it. And I didn't think about it twice and they thought about it the rest of the day. Now, I can't name you when that happened, but just because, just the sheer fact that I can't say when that has happened means I've done it and I don't know it. I'm a broken human being. And you're a broken human being. And I need forgiveness from God and I need forgiveness from others. So I will accept the forgiveness from God and I will try to give forgiveness to others. It's the only way to live a Christian life. It's just the only way. Because our whole existence revolves around a cross and an empty tomb that testifies to our forgiveness. You didn't do anything to earn it. Well, I was baptized. Someone grabbed you and put you in the water. Good for you. That wasn't work. That wasn't earning it. The fact that we say you can get baptized and have your sins washed away doesn't mean that we believe that somehow baptism, our decision to be baptized, is this brilliant effort that takes a lot of work. Who's doing the work in the baptism? God. Who's doing the forgiveness in the baptism? Jesus' blood. You're just buying in. You're just saying I do. God did something fantastic for you. He did something amazing for you. And if we don't then have the spirit of Jesus and say, Father, forgive them because they are ignorant. Ignorant just means, ignorant doesn't mean dumb. Ignorant means you don't know. It just means you don't know. There's a lot of things I'm ignorant of, and a lot of times it's my behavior. And so we are called to forgive. When Jesus says, or several times throughout his life, he says, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. When he says, with the measure you you use to judge others, God will use that same measure to judge you. The question this morning is, are you going to hold the sins of others against them? Or are you going to be like Jesus? Are you going to hold the sins of others against them or are you going to be like Jesus?
Those are indeed the two options. Now, someone telling me or assuming that I shouldn't have a halfway decent car because I'm a preacher or someone pulling out in front of me are very minuscule and easy examples. I do want to talk a minute about the hard examples. Say your spouse cheats on you. Or your friend betrays you. Or your partner in business steals from you. There are things in life that do cause severe and long-lasting pain. And I want you to know that I don't believe that you're going to be able to forgive those people. Now, you may be able to, but I, that's just not been my experience with, with working with other people and, and forgiving myself. I don't think it's just something that happens. But I do believe you have to make the choice whether you're going to head down that path or not. That every day, you are trying to decide whether to forgive or not. And you're going to have to, I think, and this has helped me, I think you're going to have to say it out loud until you mean it. I forgive them. I've said that before and didn't mean a lick of it. But you say it until you mean it. I think, I think forgiveness is a long, especially in these hard, difficult, painful problems. Forgiveness is a long and tumultuous road. And if someone thinks that you need to forgive somebody immediately overnight and the pain is just going to go away, those people haven't been down that road before. (coughs) But today, you need to decide. Today, you need to decide whether you are going to head down that path Or you're going to stay holed up in your fortress of pain and pity. If Jesus from from the cross can say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Then whatever it is, however it is, that you are being persecuted, I think you might could muster up the same energy. Flex the muscles you have to flex. Push where you have to push. And say it even if you don't mean it. Start living like you're forgiving. And forgiveness will come. So a couple things to remember. On the cross or what we find on the cross is a God forgiving his people of their sins. As that is happening, we see Jesus forgiving the people who are acting this horrible act upon him. And as followers of that servant, 
who sacrificed himself for us, we now are called to be a people who love so much that we can forgive anything. We are just called to be that people. Called to live that life. This is not something we can escape. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to forgive like Jesus. It'll be a long, slow process for some of us. And that's fine. As long as we're, we've entered that road and we're taking that path. If you've got something on your heart that you just can't, you can't break, you can't forgive, you can't let go of. I think the church can help you with that. I don't think you're the only person who's been hurt by in this way or that way or been hurt at all. And I think you probably need to find, I definitely need to find somebody to talk to to help you lead, go down that path of forgiveness. I think look, if you look around, there's someone who's struggling with the same thing you are. You're not alone in this room. And if you need to let it go, you need to forgive. There's someone else who has fought your fight before. What you're going through is not unique and it is not new. They fought this fight before. So in a, sec- in a second, we're going to stand up and Braden's going to lead us in a song. And I would ask that if you're, if you're struggling with this, you can either come forward and see me. That's fine. I, can, I believe I can help you. Or you can find someone you believe that would help you probably more than this young whippersnapper. And let them help you. The invitation is not just to come forward. It's to go sideways, go backwards. Whatever leads you closer to Jesus and helps you follow Jesus more consistently, I think you need to go. If you've never experienced the forgiveness of God, you've never let Jesus rule your life, be your king, today is the day to start that too. I would argue that you... If you, want to, if you want to start that journey, I would say just come on, come on down front and let everyone join you in your celebration. Today is the day to either accept forgiveness from God or start giving forgiveness like Jesus did. Talk about peace. A forgiving life is a peaceful And it's absolutely worth the difficult journey ahead. If you need anything this morning, please come forward while we stand and sing.